listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Welcome to episode 91 of Cinemental. How can you talk if you haven't got a brain? I don't know. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. Then why don't you kiss me like everybody else does? How about new? The thing is, Bob, it's not that I'm lazy. It's that I just don't care. I came here like this so you'll know my word of death is true. And that my word of life is then true. Welcome to another episode of the Movie Podcast. We can only hope you enjoy listening to as much as we enjoy making. My name is Stephen Hovicki, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Hassan Godwin and Latham Conger III. Our returning guest is Emmy Award-winning cartoonist, best known for creating Billy Dogma and the Red Hook, collaborating with Harvey P. Carr, Jonathan Ames, and illustrating for HBO's Bored to Death. His published work includes writing and drawing for Marvel, DC, Archie, Image Comics, and Webtoon. He's also an accomplished playwright and coming all the way from Brooklyn, New York. Dean Haspiel, welcome back to Cinemental. Thanks for having me back, guys. I love this podcast. Always a pleasure to have you. And and true to form, you have brought us two more incredibly interesting films to <laughs> dissect. But first, uh, as usual, we will suffer from consumption. Dean, what did uh, what did what? Did, what... I'll, I'll cycle through quickly, but I, real quick, I watched the first episode of The Nevers. Mm. And then I wasn't interested in watching anymore. <laughs> that's a it happens. That I've heard okay. that's happening to a, to a bunch of people. I, I just felt <laughs> like, like actors that work with Joss Whedon. Same thing. Yeah, right. Is that what happened? Oh, I don't even know what happened there, but oh, I don't know. It's clearly like Victorian X Men, and it just seems Vic- Victoria X Women, Victorian. Yeah, yeah, not... X Women. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it, it, there's some interesting stuff in there. It just feels. Very much like a bunch of right people got into a room and decided, well, okay, what what are people going to respond to? And just did that, oh, you know, like okay. it doesn't feel honest. It doesn't feel like I, I hate the word. I, I don't hate the word authentic, but and I wouldn't necessarily apply it to this show. But there's something that feels very fabricated. And I know a lot right. of the stuff the stuff we watch are fabricated, but do you know what I mean? Like it just feels very dishonest well like you built it to hit points rather than just telling your story and it ends up hitting points checking boxes it felt like it was checking boxes more than anything gotcha i guess you know that's the impression i get from it too from the ads for it right that's why i wouldn't even i I finished right i i watched the the falcon winter soldier which i enjoyed but a little bit felt like what i would call essay right it felt like an essay in some ways like you know there was really nice stuff and and it's and it's very aware of itself the show and you know again i enjoyed it and it was fun and and i like where it went but it also felt like there was an uh, like there was an essay being written here at the same time versus it being like a narrative yeah just entertainment instead you were being yeah. taught something yes which is fine you know but well, i don't want to be taught um, anything. i'm not gonna watch that show now <laughs> I don't want to learn anything from the Marvel Universe. So you don't. Oh, <laughs> oh. I I watched Luke Cage season one. I have not watched any of those. Net. I saw the, I saw like the t- first like Daredevil or the first two Daredevils, and that was it. Okay. 
So now I'm starting going to go through the Netflix Marvel shows. And actually, I like Luke Cage better than I thought I would like it. Although it, it, the fact that there are 13 episodes feels like there's a lot of padding going on. That's like that's the main stronger... that's the main criticism of almost all the Marvel shows. Oh, it is on Netflix. Okay. Yeah, you can you can feel the padding. Um, and yet, weirdly enough, the the guy who plays Luke Cage, he's like one of the most beautiful men I've ever seen, but he's also kind of boring. He's like a <laughs> Boring guy. You could, there's he's a really pretty boring, boring guy. <laughs> he's a pretty boring guy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, and and a few movies. I watched four movies besides the ones we're going to talk tonight, which was Mank. Mm. Oh, which I actually enjoyed. Good. I thought it, it was a lot of rich writing going on. Yeah, and of course it's beautiful. I, th- to I look think at, I think know. Latham's the only one who hasn't seen it, right? Late? Yeah, I've not seen it yet. I haven't seen it. it's the first year I haven't seen. Any of the nominees for best picture since 1980. Wow. Wow. Before the broadcast. Before the broadcast, this is the first year. So, wow. I, I like, I like, well, Mank. I watched, I liked Mank a lot, but I am a, you like Mank? I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a, I'm a big fan of everybody involved with that thing. So for me, it would have been difficult to fail. But, right. You know, but, um, and I feel like I would have liked it even more. Had I known even more about the characters and and the nuances, because it felt very insider baseball sometimes. Uh, yeah, you know for sure. Uh, and I did know a lot of it, but uh, yeah, it was it was it was really good. And then um, uh, I watched Nomadland. Okay. And at the end of the movie, I went, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah I haven't seen that yet. Impression I get of again, you know, I I think I know what I'm getting watching that movie, so. I mean, it's nice. It's good. It's but okay. Like I had usually, I want to talk about a movie after I've seen it, whether I liked it or didn't like it. And I felt like it did everything it needed to do, and that was it. Done. Just on to the next. And you know, it's cool uh, that it's getting recognition. Stories like this and whatnot, and and the performances. And I like when you have like real people portraying basically themselves. Right. Do you guys ever see that movie? I think it's called Bernie with Jack Black. No, no, no. Oh my god, guys, you gotta see this movie. Bernie? I think he plays like a funeral um parlor guy who and Shirley McLean's in it, and I think he murders her and it has to That's it. That's all I need to know. It's going on the list. Thank you. It's it's great. But what's interesting also about the movie Does it take place on a weekend? Please. What? Ah oh, man, Hassan, is it <laughs> am I like morphing into him? Or is he <laughs> what happened? Yeah, I'm just keeping my mouth shut over here. Awful, awful jokes. Now I know how you guys feel when I talk. (laughs) Go ahead, Dean. But but oh, you mean the Bernie's weekend? We get the Bernie's. Come Um, on, Dean. You got to be quicker than that. I've never seen it. Better, not quicker. He just. He just chastised us for not being up on movies, and then he hasn't seen Weekend and Bernie's. I I have not. What is it? Bernie. I just added Bernie to the list. But what's interesting, really, I was going to say that the thing I was going to, the, the analogy or, or the comparison was that a lot of the characters portrayed in the movie are played by the real townsfolk who were there for the real story. Oh, nice. Okay. Which is also. That's smart. Yeah. So that's cool. And then the other, the other, um, no man land. Oh, have you guys seen Compliance directed by Craig Zoll? Oh my God. The- it's one of, oh, I, I wish someone would pick that movie so we could talk about it. It's great. Oh, it's so unique. It's a but unique movie. But unique. 
so you saw Latham, right? Yeah. So yeah, I, my only issue without getting into it is I love the actor Bill Camp. Yeah. Who's in it? Yep. But I felt he was miscast because of what happens in the movie. And I didn't believe Bill Camp. You wouldn't b- believe what happens to him would happen to him, right? Or what he has, or what he does. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I agree. It's not a perfect movie, but the concept and the way it's executed is brilliant. And the, it's brilliant. There, there's it's brilliant. a shot in there, just the most uncomfortable shot. One of the yes. most uncomfortable shots when you, find out what 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 he made that yeah well i can't yeah hassan have you guys seen it steve no. uh I no i have it. not i've i've oh, seen this man. pop up on my li- on things to watch oh, what's it called again compliance compliance the plot the plot is simple it's just by whom uh, a i can't i don't even want to i think it's better to not even say it don't say anything yeah, don't say it's it. the uh, year Craig zobel 2012 okay. yeah and have you guys seen the hunt yes it's great. I want to see the hunt. It's far, far. Too. It wasn't. It. It was absolutely not what I expected it to be. And it was exactly. It was phenomenal. It's phenomenal. So if you like that, you'll love compliance. Okay. It's just unique. You'll never see a movie like it. The, the plot is, <laughs> and it is based on a true story. That's the worst. Yeah. Part. It's just. Yep. If, and don't read that. Don't read what it's about before you watch it. Just watch it. Just watch it. And you're just like. Yeah. You're when the movie, when the movie was making the rounds initially. I know the story that it's based on. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm. So I, th- I think that's probably one of the reasons I didn't watch the movie. Cause I was just like, okay, you know, uh, but, mm-hmm. but I'll, I will go back and watch it now. It's great. And then finally I watched drinking buddies directed by Joe Swanberg. Oh, Anybody seen that movie? I want to see that. No, it's good. It's really good. Is that, is uh, um, what's her name in that? Um, Olivia Wilde. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I like her. Olivia Wilde is oh, great. That's a soul. That's, that's a sale. Is Anna, is Anna Kendrick in that? No, Anna Kendrick's in oh, it as well that. as that's uh, a good two for the lead in the Office Space. What's his name? Uh, Ron Livingston. Ron Livingston and and one other guy and oh, Joe 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 Johnston. I think his name is or the director. But no, 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 no. Yeah, no. It's it's good. Jake it's Johnson it's, it's from uh, from from uh, New Girl. I don't watch that show. Good, it's funny. No. Yep. I've never seen it, and I know it's not fun. It's very funny. Okay, we'll take your word for it. Yeah. All right. All right, Steve. Hit, hit it. It also had director Ty West in a role. I just oh. wrote Drinking Buddies down. I just uh, got three new movies from Dean. This is awesome. <laughs> well, five if you count the two tonight, but yeah. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, Steve, go ahead. Yeah, uh, Dave in the movie, Dean, was uh, Ty West, the director. Oh, I didn't realize that. Who's done a, a, a ton of good stuff, if you don't, yeah, if you don't know right. Ty West's work. He, is, uh, he did uh, House of the Devil, uh, The Sacrament, a great, great modern ghost story called The Innkeepers. Huh. He's done some really, really phenomenal stuff. Did a great Western. Uh, as a follow-up to the other stuff, just to move away out of the horror genre for a minute. Cool. Solid, solid director. I'll look him up. Gotta look him up right now, because I don't know who this guy is. Ty West. T.I. West. So, Ty, T.I. Okay, I don't even like how he spells Ty. I don't think... Well, wham. I don't like how you spell Latham, so what? Who cares? Uh, There's only one way to spell it. Oh, there is? Oh, okay. How would you know? Um, so, uh, how are you, watched... you doing, Dean? <laughs> How's it going, Dean? 
You, I watched. You, you seeing where I'm coming from, Dean? I watched. <laughs> I watched the final five uh, Thomas Selleck, Jesse Stone movies based on the Robert Parker books, uh, the Made for oh, TV man. mysteries. I watched uh, Mortal Kombat on Friday when it dropped, and dropping is seen exact, it yet. dropping is exactly where. It, 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 no, here's the thing. No, no. If you need to explain, no, no, no. <laughs> Uh, it for me, I'll, I'll tell you this. I went into the movie with a certain expectation and kind of expecting it to be a certain thing. And it was, yeah. it was exactly what I thought it would be. It did not go higher or lower on my expectations, but it hit exactly what I uh, kind of, I don't want to say what I wanted it to be, but it hit exactly what I expected it to be with the, with the caveat that I thought it interesting that a film based on a video game, which is built around a tournament doesn't have the tournament in it. And I understand the whole trilogy explanation that they've come out with after the fact, but it's just funny. Okay. I guess now <laughs> that does nothing now. has absolutely you know, don't stop. It has absolutely nothing to do with the plot. Okay. Well, you just said the tournament's not in the film, right? So, doesn't matter. Well, there's still, true. there's still plenty of fights. There's still plenty of story. I don't like this movie. So don't watch it. I don't care. I'm not making money off it. Uh, I watched Moneyball again. I watched a Netflix documentary called Why Did You Kill Me? Oh, God, yeah, I want to see that. Uh, It was was pretty good, I thought. Uh, I watched two horror movies. Uh, They're new to Shudder. One was called The Power. Uh, The other one was called The Banishing. Uh, They were both The Banishing. Um, The Bannister? Yeah, The Banister. Jesus Christ. I thought uh, both were were pretty okay. Then we watched a three-part true crime uh, thing on Hulu called Sasquatch. Oh, yeah. I want to watch that, too. Which uh, which was pretty interesting. Uh, the guy the guy who who is running the whole thing, the guy is the investigative journalist who is kind of doing the doing the job of looking into this 25 year old crime uh is a really really interesting guy um he actually reminds me a little bit in a way of how i perceive um john krakauer to be all right he just come he just kind of comes across as being that kind of guy just like he gets into a story and he just like digs in until he gets you know he until he gets to where he thinks he gets, gets everything he can get so and uh and we started watching the staircase uh which is like 10 parts long and we oh, got yeah. the we got the first four done so you can watch the forensic files in one episode for that one <laughs> but it, really but it doesn't have uh, it doesn't have updated information certainly not the proper outcome so okay so and then i watched the two movies uh that we're going to discuss shortly and uh and that was it what what? what was it, an earthquake? What happened? Oh, <laughs> oh, that's Dean. You don't understand what just happened here. This is yeah. Like, we just got let off the hook. That's a that's a three part true crime thing in twelve films. What do you want? We just uh, saved an hour. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that you guys, I the fact that I give you titles and you guys have no interest in discussing any of them has no is nothing. No weight on me. Well, if I haven't oh, seen them, I can't. Oh, I, well, yeah. fine, exactly. But if you have all questions or don't have any interest in them, I'm obviously not going to discuss them. I'm not no, going to. Steve, so Steve. whatever. 
In all honesty, Steve, this was a shorter list than usual. I want to see the Bigfoot one because it's supposed to be uh, more about the people who exploit the Bigfoot legend, correct? It it is partially about that. It's about, well, it's about this, this area in California called the Emerald Triangle where there's been nothing but pot growers for like the last 35 or 40 years. And everyone knows all these guys hang out up there. But in some period in the 70s, one particular area up there became a little darker than some other ones. So, you know, it's just, uh, and Hassan, just so you know, I was actually more movies than I watched last week. So, yeah, but I didn't give you a hard time for it last week. That's so true. I'm making up for it. I'm making up for it this week. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll do my best to, um, watch more, but I... see what you did, Hassan. Now next week's going to be interminable. On, well, man. it's like when you blow up the Enterprise. Like you said, apprentice. No, it actually won't because gotta... I've got a I've got a ton of editing to do, and obviously I can't watch or listen to anything else when I'm editing. So, um, you blow up just... the Enterprise. All you need is a whale, and everything gets fixed. Okay, you should. That's know. right. A nice a nice whale from nineteen. Whales are a little hard to come by these days, like and you're, and you're all good. <laughs> Maybe in your part of the world. Yes, there are not many whales in the Bronx. <laughs> it helps swim up Bronx River. Nor, I just... nor in Lake Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right. Well, moving on. The thing that I was going to tell you, Lay, was that horror movie, The Banishing, was directed by the same guy who did Triangle. Oh, wow. Okay. I definitely want to see that. I'm writing that down. The That's van- another one, Dean. That's another one of those horror movies that people generally don't know about and is it's and handles. Uh, a, a circular storytelling in a really a unique way and does it well. Triangle it's called Triangle from it, like two thousand nine or something. It's got oh, okay. um, uh, is it Kathy Kathy George? No, uh, Melissa George. Melissa George. Okay. Oh, wow. And if okay, you don't know one. anything about it, it's even better going yeah, in. I don't know anything like, about I it. Trick yeah. of it going in. Yeah, it's That's one of those. That it's it's a movie I stumbled upon back when it came out, and I was just like. Oh, this is pretty cool. And I knew right. no one else. And then Latham brought it up a few years later. And I was like, dude, I fucking love that movie. And he's like, yeah, that was really amazing. So that's part of the early 2000s trilogy with two other movies. But if I say the other two movies, it'll give away the trick of triangle. So I won't say it, but I, the I'll tell the, Dean next The time. trick of the triangle. All right. I'll tell um, you Thank you. Okay. So, um, <clears throat> yes, we move on to Dean's arguably guilty pleasure you could call this a guilty pleasure i think especially from some of the some of the responses that i was able to to dig up on this movie um spring breakers all i know is i'm not gonna sit here another day spring break how are we gonna get enough money i don't know spring break just get that cash pretend like it's a video game we can do this spring break who are you my name's aileen why are you here i saw y'all in there they like nice people come on y'all why acting suspicious <laughs> i knew y'all was special from the moment i saw you because i just have a really really bad feeling about this let's cause some trouble now break break bitches Forever. Spring break forever, bitches. From 
2012, directed by Harmony Corrine with a running time of 94 minutes, four college girls want to escape their humdrum lives by going on spring break. When they cannot afford to go, they take drastic measures to ensure that they can make the trip. Once there, boy, is that an understatement. Once there, their carefree partying ways eventually get them caught up in a situation that takes some of them by surprise and moves some of them into a whole new world. And Dean? Another understatement. Why did you pick Dean Spring Breakers? Because it's probably one of the top 10 movies ever made. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just got the, I got the, what's that you called? Got the, the black hat? The black hat. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> I, listen, I had never seen... of honor. Trust me, I've got eighty-eight of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never, I never seen a Harmony Corinne movie, and that was okay. my first Harmony Corinne movie. And I, I was curious, and also the commercial looked, looked looked bananas. The trailer for it, and I was like, all right, let me check this out. There was also something insane about James Franco. I wanted to know what what was what he was portraying. You know, this time. Uh, and honestly, and I wrote down some notes that I'm looking at right now, because uh, I, I had some notes. I, I had been looking for a companion piece to bring it on, uh, the movie starring Kirsten Dunst, which is arguably the Citizen Kane of cheerleader movies. That's fair. And wow. this makes Spring Breakers its touch of evil, oh, wow. <laughs> in a way. Wow. Just <laughs> think about that for a second. Holy okay? cow. Um, I... The, I, I wrote down this movie is the menace of teenage hedonism and the weaponizing of sexual nihilism. That mm. was, I don't even know if that's a sentence. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's so much stuff going on in this. That it, there's so much uh, chaos that's presented, but it's so clearly controlled in its filmmaking, in its editing, in its sound. The sound work alone is incredible. There's this menacing gunshot throughout the film the that's clicking, the gun the it's the gun co- the slide cocking the slide co- or sometimes the blast it's yeah it's the constantly ch- there yeah this menace of a gun right um th- there there's that scene where james franco just keeps saying look at my shit look at my shit and like this bizarre characterization it's like he plays a character named alien who's like a cross between gary oldman's drexel from Tony Scott's True Romance and like the Big Bad Wolf, he's like, I don't even understand where this guy comes from. He he's like a spiritual cousin of Tom Cruise's Frank Mackey and Paul Thomas Anderson's Magnolia. You know, like there, he's just he 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 comes in and scoops up these girls that clearly don't want to go back home, and it becomes kind of a movie like a Scarface, <laughs> you know, right? In a, like a neon Scarface, you know, like. Um, but up until that point, uh, what was it? What's her name? Gomez. Uh, who's the girl? That Selena, early? Selena Gomez. Selena Gomez. Faith. I almost wondered as while I was watching the movie, if she was making the movie and she decided I can't make this movie anymore, write me out. It almost felt like that, even though she's presented as a girl that goes to church and is her name is Faith, I think, in the movie. Yeah. Of course it is. Of course. Well, because it's very... <laughs> A lot of the movies vary on the nose, and it doesn't. It doesn't apologize, no. you know. Um, this it, it's it's so. I don't even know how to describe. Like to me, it's just so energized and so wrong that it feels right, you know. Um, and and I don't even know if I even like the story, you know. 
but it it moves it's very it feels very uh ethereal ambient emotional um it just it's very guttural it's, it's very gut it, it gives me like um i don't even know how to describe it i don't know I, like a fever dream like a fever dream but i also feel like i'm not allowed to watch this movie i feel like i've watched something i'm not allowed to watch ah in a way hmm. like like it, it i don't think it's made for me you know i don't know necessarily who it's made for uh <laughs> and and it's also i don't think it, it's very non-judgmental in a lot of ways everything that happens in the movie you know um and it feels very collaborative like he worked with those actors and said how far do you want to push this where do you want to go with this um I, it feels uh, there's a certain freestyle uh to it that i also you know uh enjoyed and i'm sure i'll have other thoughts but those are some of my initial thoughts i i don't know why i, I like this movie so much and i've seen it about four times now so so yeah i I had not seen this movie. I knew nothing about it other than when I brought it up and, and, and Lathan nearly uh, had a very, a very visceral reaction to it being picked. Cause he is the only one of us uh, as far as I know who had seen it ahead of time. Um, so I am actually going to let Hassan go first here because I'm curious uh, as to uh, the way he took this. Uh, I have some, I have a few notes about it. Um, one, one thing I will say that, one of my notes was towards the end of it. I thought that it fit very well in with kids and films like that nature without realizing that Harmony Corrine had written kids. Right. Which right. is kind of funny. So, right. So there you go. But uh, I did have this one, Dean, that you, even though there are recognizable actors in it, it still has the gritty feel of an indie cautionary tale that we've seen before, albeit much shinier and tying into that perceived image of the spring break world. Mm -hmm. So I think mm -hmm. as far as that, the sort of neon, the updated neon look, it's almost like a kid's, but set in, uh, you know, in a, in that Florida, you know, yep. college years, you know, that we've, you know, I think at some point we've all kind of experienced, if not that, then definitely something like it. So, and also the, the, fe the sorry, the female leads, like they, 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 you know, the word agencies, he's like, they, they know what they're doing, even though they're very young and they, they're very aware of their power. I feel, even though they can get into trouble and get into hairy situations, I never, I was never scared for them. Uh, I felt like there were two of them driving that bus, the two that we get that last towards till the end of the movie. And I think that that also is a, that's one of the few downfalls I think of the overall story mm -hmm. is that point, but I'll, I'll, I'll get back to that. But uh, first I want uh, I want to hear Hassan. I'm kind of on to Dean now. Um, <laughs> that he's not watching these movies. Um, or not that, that he's, that the thing he gets out of the movies is the, is the titillation of the fact that the movie was made and what went into making them and who the person is who was, you know, who, who is in the movie and how far away from themselves they had to get in order to facilitate the role that they're playing. 
and he doesn't care about story or narrative or any of these other things. And that says a lot because, uh, well, this one's a lot more, this one's subversive on purpose. And it, you know, it comes right out of the gate, like, you know, with, a, with, a, with its fingers up, you know, like, you know, explaining to you that the hedonism in the very beginning. And then, you know, the, with a, with a, within a you know, very tangible amount of dread to it or, you know, or menace, I would say that's probably a better word. Um, and so I get it. And I mean, it is very beautiful. It's a pretty movie. I do like the neon aesthetic. I've always liked it. It's not something that's easily achieved, but every time I see it, I'm always, I'm always more inclined to allow the movie to be, you know, in a, in a, in a universe of itself like it's it's saying it's in a world of its own you know it's right. it's the 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 aesthetic of it takes us out of the reality of the situation so it's like you know it's kind of like watching sucker punch it's like okay this is a an insane asylum so we you know i don't have to believe everything that my eyes see but then you know like look the movie just fucks off you know halfway through like you know it's, it, it just for me, like personally, my, you know, the joy I get out of movies is like, I paid attention, I've taken notes, I've studied, and now this is the payoff, I get an A at the end of the test, you know, and so when a movie just decides, ah, the test wasn't real, <laughs> you know, fuck you and your, and your studies, you know, you shouldn't have been paying attention to anything, sometimes that works, but nine times out of ten for me, that that won't work um and you know i i i'm i fully admit that's my own that's my own prejudice and my own rigidness at, at work here but i mean like there was a kind of a motif of the you know of the situation getting more and more intense and then every time it got more intense one of their party went home one of their party left and abandoned the, the group right so that the those moments would have been made more poignant if something negative happened to the two who remained. But since they were the only ones to big bad wolf it out of the, you know, out of the story, you're like, okay, so again, no one learned anything. What the hell did I just watch? There was no progression of anything. To your, people want, I was just going to say to your point, to that exact point, I think this would have been a much stronger ending if only one of the girls had lived. If uh, like only Selena Gomez, the one who left early or both, or, or the two who remain, if they had died, you know, and it was like, there's a hail. I mean, it would have, it would have kind of, it would have paid off something that it was trying to, to lay down, but it seemed like it laid a lot of, uh, laid down a lot of, uh, themes and then just decided none of them made it you know none of them mattered okay towards the end because i i just want a big spectacle ending you know i just want to <laughs> you know i i just i just want a big subversive like fu ending you know with a girl power ending or whatever even though harmony is a, is a guy but um it it just i don't know it was pretty it was it was fun to watch um it sort of thinks it's making a statement about something but it's not really making a statement about anything yeah, yeah don't rob people and you know and and don't get hooked up with with well don't get hooked up with james franco period but don't get <laughs> hooked up with uh you know with with crazy <laughs> drug dealers who who come out of the <laughs> gate saying i'm a crazy drug dealer who's an alien i mean maybe maybe 
you know, you want to you want to avoid doing that. But I mean, yeah. those, these are things we we kind of walk into the movie. These are sensibilities we walk into the movie with. So I, I would I would hazard, though, that the morality tale, the the the, the payoff, the, the the ending happens when Selena Gomez leaves. And when the other character who is that Harmony Corinne's wife, who plays Rachel Corinne. Yeah, I don't know exactly. if it's his wife or his, yeah, uh, his wife. Or his yeah. wife. Okay, is she the other one that then leaves yes. second because she's been shot? Right. Correct. Yeah. So like, th- there's your there's your don't do this. There's your warning. Don't do this. They're, they're skedaddling. Right. They're, and then they're, what they're I think the smart it does, ones. and then what I think it does is it goes. Well, what does happen to the ones who stay? You know. Right. And, and then, then the answer is nothing. <laughs> well, this is what happens. Is yes. The, what happens car. is nothing. Yeah, they get a they get a better car. They get a okay. Oh, okay. They get a good, um, a good ride home. <laughs> but I so. didn't. I didn't watch it for for. I I think. I mean, first of all, I I do think it's funny that you that you, you would say that I don't care about story because I actually do care a lot about story. But I have presented certain things where the story is maybe not. Uh, the priority of the film, <laughs> the strongest <laughs> element, <laughs> the strongest element. I do agree with you there. And there is a side of kind of a tour de a bravura tour de force, at least in Spring Breakers, uh, of the of the acting and, and and the energy of this movie is is visceral. You know, the, we use the word visceral, whereas the other movie is not. It's it's a different thing. I was watching it for, um, and but yeah, in terms of like there, I can't even tell you necessarily the plot of Spring Breakers, like four girls go to spring break and get drunk and get in trouble and meet alien, you know, and, and he's such a cartoon character, but I was so entertained by that cartoon character, just watching him. I don't want to be in a room with that guy. I think there's a reason. I mean, not to say that, that, that your reason is abnormal in any, by any stretch of the imagination, sure. but there's a reason you enjoyed it. You know, you enjoy the, the subversion of it. Yeah. And the, you know, and the irreverence of it all. And that's, I get it, but I mean, some, I can't follow that. Like I, you know, first of all, then all I'm listening to is the dialogue and this dialogue is atrocious. You know, it's like, this look at my shit, look at my shit over and over and over again. And Harmony Korean has an issue with the race that I'm not going to even get into here, but oh. you know, a couple of his movies is like, Oh, here we go again. You know, oh, and it's okay. kind of, he, he, he reflects on the same type of people, white okay. or black, you know, like it's the right. same, it's the same category of, oh so you of... see i'm coming to him for the first time with this movie hmm. like i don't know i i know of his other films i just haven't seen and it's a lot of it is kids yeah i haven't yeah. seen kids okay he wrote it, right. didn't direct it. no i wrote i know and that's that's why kids kind of comes off a little better you know but i mean that he writes a lot of these like really terrible you know he'd be just these um kind of uh uh sort of expose like uh uh storylines about a lifestyle whatever with you know and there's no morality play to it he's just telling he's just giving you a he's just giving you a look inside you know he's not he's not trying it's not really trying to say anything other than this 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 is real like this does happen like you know um and these are probably things you don't see on a regular basis and i'm not saying he has a he hasn't he, he's bad with race i'm just saying he's he cuts one swath of people in general right. Right. and it you know after a while it's like all right i get this I, I get this play now it there's nothing wrong with it it is just something you can get tired of it's like sure 
it's like macaroni and cheese you know it's like i've, I've had too much you know like right, there's right. there's nothing yes I don't, steve, I, don't, I don't i don't think that's possible but humans on. can have too much mac and cheese steve <laughs> all right we've had this conversation i don't i don't, I'm I don't not want sure, i'm not sure any of that's true <laughs> but also i think I, the I views think expressed by us on the views God expressed by us on god are <laughs> not the views expressed by sentimental podcast <laughs> But I think I was also reacting to the fact that this movie was never meant. I was never meant to see this movie. And I, for some reason, decided, oh, why'd you make hell? us see it? <laughs> I just, yeah. Someone put a gun in my head. Uh, no, no. Just yeah, I, don't, I don't think 50 year old white guys are the target audience for They're, this film. Not. I agree. And, and so you're right. There's a titillation to it, like clearly and obviously. And, but there's such an undeniable energy and there's such a craft. I think it's so well made, the craft of it. Maybe not the story, but just this way it's shot and edited and the sound. There, there are like there are striking visual moments in the film. One that comes to mind specifically is when they get when they get bailed out of jail and they do they they kind of do a backlit silhouetted walk, a slow motion walk out mm-hmm. of the precinct to the slow reveal of Alien, you know, who is mm-hmm. just kind of waiting there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really well shot and it really does set up these four characters as kind of a unit, you know, and it, which, which is ironic because the minute you start taking them seriously as a, as a, as a tight group is the minute uh, members of that group start peeling off. Right. You know, yeah, and, and literally it, 10 minutes later. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. Um, the pool scene I thought was also beautifully shot. Like with the way the water, it's I don't all, know, it yeah. just, I think beautiful. it's a gorgeous film. You know, I just, you know, it's just for what I look for in films, it's just nothing, not, not much was there. And that's, you know, that's pretty much the only criticism I can give it. I, I also the dialogue, the, the script, I mean, if, if there was a script at all, because a lot of it seemed right. off the cuff, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, it's just like, like they told, like he told, he told Franco, like, just tell him, talk about all the stuff that you got. And then Franco right. came up with, look at my shit, you know, and then yeah. that's, yeah. Look at well, all then. Shit. <laughs> okay gotcha yeah you got a lot of shit dude you got guns you got understood understood it's, I it's ridiculous it's it's a like to me i was expecting nothing and i you didn't really get anything but to me i was <laughs> i was i was bowled over how entertaining it was to just watch now i'm wondering if latham hated watching it i don't know but it was entertaining in in watching it and just sitting back and letting it just happen wash over you yeah lay did you did you in fact watch it again yes okay and Uh, did you hate it as much as you did the first time i mean the important thing to realize is this movie (laughs) here we go it's a lot to dean (laughs) i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna pull that false pretense shit out of out of here what what was the two movies we did by dean last time i i want to find i want to I want to know what they are. What were they? Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, The the Incident. incident. And then the first time was uh, Once Upon a Time in the West and uh, Taurus Trap. (laughs) Okay, so there's some worth there in the pre- The Incident, yeah. I forgot. I remember the incident. I I like the incident. I like the incident. That's right, you did. And I loved Once Upon a Time in the West, too. And um, what was the other one with the incident? Uh, Oh, who's Virginia Woolf. That reminded. That's funny. The uh, that rem, well, we don't want to talk about that because we already did. But that who's Virgi- afraid of Virginia Woolf had the same tone as uh, uh, reflections in a golden eye, sort of. But that's right. here nor there. Anyway, 
Yeah. Uh, well, w- when he picked these two movies, I was like, oh, man, fucking Spring Breakers. God damn it. <laughs> and then amazingly, Refle- Reflections in a Golden Eye was worse than Spring Breakers to me. I I don't like Spring Breakers. I don't think it's I, I, I get everything you guys have said is true. It's, it looks great. It's paced like the editing is great. It's it's kinetic, but I felt like the that you know he just said, "Hey, get these four little teeny bopper actresses and let's play them against type, and that'll be interesting." Just that we don't really need a script; they'll just be these these girls who don't normally play roles like this. Where we're gonna we're gonna just we're gonna turn them on their head. I I, I call it the Tarantino trope. I don't like movies that need language, violence, nudity, and drugs to push their story forward. And that's all they ever use to push it forward. And, mm. and that's what this seems to be. It's like, there's nothing else there. If you take that stuff away, what do you have here? You have nothing. You have neon lights and nothing. And that, that bothers me. I don't, I don't think Franco, I, everyone, you know, Franco got nominated for all these film festivals, best supporting actor. I know he's over the top and crazy, but I don't, I don't think he works that well in this movie. I don't, I don't see him as, as some great actor, you know, taking this role to the moon. I, I, I just, I didn't buy him from, you know, from the beginning and was happy when he died at the end. Uh, There's just a lot of ugliness in this movie. I don't, I, I don't, I don't like watching. Uh, okay, let me give you an example. I uh, about a month ago I watched the movie Bully, and the original movie Bully, and that's a hardcore movie with a lot of ugliness in it. But it's it. I can't deny that movie's impact and strength, and and you know it's it's a rough watch. I'll never watch it again. But it's brilliant. And this doesn't seem to have the staying power that that movie would have, or even kids, which I don't love kids, but I appreciate it, especially for the time it came out. Um, This just seemed like someone had toys to play with and they, you know, like Hassan said, I don't, there's just not much of a script here. And if you got all these great, you know, actresses and you got a great lead actor to play the crazy part and, you've got a great cinematographer. Why not just write something more substantial than what's, what's going on here? Um, I, I thought this was funny that of all the award, awards it was nominated for, one of them was by the Alliance of Women Film Journalists Awards. And it, it got nominated for Actresses Most in Need of a New Agent. And it was the, <laughs> it was the lead four actresses. This movie's like a, you know, they obviously had the feminists had a huge problem with the exploitation in it. And I don't agree with them. That's, that's garbage. You can write whatever movie you want directed any way you want. And if people don't like it or find it exploitive, they can go fuck themselves. But it's just funny that people just came at this movie from different angles, not just from its, you know, the way it was written, uh, the way it looked or whatever. It's, it's just a controversy movie. And that's what it sounds like. I haven't seen a lot of Harmony green movies but it sounds like that's what he goes for so you know i i just the second time i watched it it didn't improve on a second viewing it's just not my cup of tea i guess like dean said 
you know, he wasn't meant to watch this movie, but he did. And he found a, you know, a, a four leaf clover out of it. He loves it. I just, I don't, I, it doesn't resonate with me. And, and I don't think that's, I would even recommend someone else to see it where there are other movies I would of this vein. It's you know, funny. It was, it's like, it's like, um, and then I'm going to, I'd love to hear Steve. It, it's kind of, I think what's appealing to me is it's kind of like an expensive senior film, you know, yeah. from, from, from college, you know, yeah. like I, I actually thing. saw, I re rewatched mother uh, with Whitney. I showed it to her. Oh boy. Um, oh boy. Oh God. What's his name? Who did with uh, Jennifer Lawrence? Yeah. Yeah. Darren Aronofsky. Darren Aronofsky. Yeah. And she said, <laughs> that seemed like a student fit, like an expensive student film. Like she really liked it. And I really like it. But it, maybe I'm responding to the fact that, like, yeah, this movie doesn't need to exist, but there's something about it. Like, they went and shot something. They they, they said, fuck a script. Who cares about <laughs> the story? Like, let's just do stuff. And then somehow put, like, 94 minutes together, you know? That was entertaining for me. Yeah, uh, I think, And again, I, I this... really do care about story because I love theater. I love plays. And I right. love, like, I'm not choosing the classics with you guys. I'm kind of want to talk to you about the stuff that feels like outlier, you know, that probably yeah, I like that. a lot of flaws and don't yeah. necessarily work. That's more interesting for sure. We like that. That's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I'd rather watch movies. I don't like that are on the fringe like that. So I, you know, right. so I learn to appreciate all the aspects of, you know, the, the different directors and people right. who make, make films like that. that, that's important to learning about cinema history. So, I just think yeah. the most unfortunate thing about the film is it, it was it was that close to being able to yeah. to have sure. a moral point, you know, like it could have it could have in spite of itself made a moral point, you know, it could have had a moral. So 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 everybody could get something out of it, you know, as they're watching. It's like, oh, OK, that's why, you know, that's why you told me this story, you know, this and that. So for the people who didn't need that. They would have gotten everything that the, the the film offered, the great cinematography, the, you know, the, you know, the energetic, uh, you know, exchange between characters, this and that. But then for the other people, like, what, what, uh, okay, tits, mm-hmm. I get it. You know, what else? You know, and <laughs> I mean, and, yeah. and, you know, if, if, if those characters had died, you know, after, because of, because a movie said, makes such a big point of the bus of them, you know, of, the other two getting on the bus, you know, and avoiding it. Escaping. Yeah. You've, you could have made a point there, you know, but they just, nah, we don't need to make a point. <laughs> Screw making a point. So, you know, when you don't make a point, you know, you, you may win awards, but then you'll get a, you'll get accused of not making a point. You know, that's the, <laughs> that's the downside to it. Yeah, I mean, 10 years from now, where when they come out 2012, okay, so we're yeah. almost at 10 years, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is scary, but uh, <laughs> you know how will this how will this look fifty years from now? You know, is this going to be a relevant film or just it'll look out? like reflections in a golden eye? <laughs> <Yes. Aww. laughs> well, that's I mean that movie. You know, I'd never yeah. heard of it, so it's it's considering funny. it. Yeah, Harmony Corinne was was quoted as saying he wanted to make the film appear as a cross between a Britney Spears video and a Gaspar Noé film. Oh boy, well. <laughs> uh, let's not let's not compare him to Gaspar. No way. In no, I understand. 
Uh, and he said appear the film appear, not necessarily that the film yeah, well, is going to be. I'm glad he knows who Gaspar Noé is, but he's got a long way to go. Um, uh, you know, when I five minutes into this movie, I, I immediately understood, you know, and this is obviously before you get into any of the story or any any of it. Um, I immediately said, all right, I get why Latham hates this movie. Um, and at the end, it turns out to not necessarily be that's the reason, but it's funny how he gives you this, this sort of, this sort of intro to the world he's trying to, to portray and then immediately steps away to it, to the reality of where these girls are who want to get to that world. It's like it's almost like them. It's almost like showing you Oz at the beginning of Wizard of Oz before you go to the farm. Yep. And it's you know I've been to multiple years spring breaks in Florida, different locations, many different years, and I I I get it. I I don't. It's not my world by any stretch. Even when I was that age, it wasn't my world. Uh, I never, you know, because I'm not running around drinking and getting silly and you know whatever. It was really interesting because it's almost like the entire film, other than the few linear scenes that are dropped in throughout the film. It almost is like the entire film is edited as a montage. For sure. Um, it's For literally sure. just thrown together all these flashes and quick cuts and, and sunsets and sunrises and, and beautiful imagery and mixed in with his other stuff. And a lot of like almost stuff you'd expect. I mean, this is a filmmaking thing, but almost stuff you'd expect is be like B roll footage. That's mm-hmm. all like kind of like thrown together as filler. But, but I think that's the power. And to me, that's what I was responding to the power of that B-roll. And then you add Skrillex, that song on top of it. Right. And there is a certain power to that, that. Oh, sure. I'm not searching for narrative at that point. It's, no. it's so visceral, you know? Right. I get it. And there's a, there is a very true romancy feel to this, especially by the time you get to the end of this movie. That's, mm. that's, that's a guarantee. I, I, I did disagree with the ending for me in my own head. I, I wrote the ending differently. I wrote, I wrote the ending as, as faith, faith didn't go. Faith didn't go home. She stayed because she wasn't going to, she refused to leave her friends uh, and she stuck with it through the, you know, through it. And basically, but at the end, I would have had faith be the only one that makes it home, mm. you know, and let that be, you know, let that be the obvious morality tale that it, you know, mm-hmm. that you want it to be or make the point that, you know, you're trying to make whatever. Um, contrary to Latham, what Latham thinks, I, I, I thought Franco was fucking mesmerizing in this movie. And honestly, I consistently forgot that that was even him from scene to scene like like i would literally when i like several times throughout the movie i kept going to myself fuck that's james franco like i literally watching him go on and on on these scenes like i would just he was so natural with that shitty southern accent hick thing that florida has by the same way he's also doing that urbanization thing that they love to do Yep. And I, he nailed that so, so perfectly and fell in and out of it the way that they do it too. Like, like it's a, you know, it's a pumped up chest. Oh yeah. And then it's like, they fall back into that Hick Florida 
sound and you're just like, oh, God, that I that the, that that way of speaking makes my fucking hair stand on end because I just fucking I despise the stupidity of most of the people from Florida. And that just that is nothing but a perfect just a perfect representation of a of a fucking guy who grew up in fucking St. Petersburg. And just that's the you know, he's just this, you know, whatever he is. Yep. I, I thought Franco was 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 just an absolute was James Franco was gone as far as I was concerned. And, and alien was, he had become this guy for this and just the, and like into what Hassan said, the menace when that garage door opens and he's standing there and he's just like, well, I'm the one that bailed you out. You know, I'm, you know, and, and, and he never like says like, well, you're out because of me, you owe me, let's go, let's go. You know, you're going with me because I bailed you out and now I own you, but you sort of get the sense that that's like, there's an expectation there clearly on his part, you know, he does an amazing again. And the thing is, is I, I've, I've met guys like this. Mm -hmm. I know I've known people like this who have behaved in exactly this manner have, have gone and, and treated girls exactly this way in order just to bag them. And so it's like, I'm watching this movie and it's almost like a fucking documentary of like, of like, here's some really bad shit that happened to four naive girls who went down to Florida and and got mixed up with the the fucking wrong crowd. Yep. You no, know? you know, and it, it 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 for me, there were big parts of this movie that, and it didn't feel, it didn't keep pulling me back and forth out of it. It was just sort of a sense I was getting out of it, and I think that with with Franco losing himself so completely in that role for me, and. I don't know Selena Gomez and Vanessa Hudgens well enough, like by visuals. Cause I don't pay, I don't, I don't kind of travel in their worlds. So they're not like common celebrity faces to me. I know who they are, but they aren't so stand outish that in looking at the four girls there, I didn't keep thinking, Oh, that's her. That's that girl. That's that girl. I just mm -hmm. saw them eventually as these four girls and that's what the other thing that led me to feel like this was kind of like kids in a way, because, you know, kids is other than now we know Chloe Savigny, but back then nobody knew who Chloe Savigny was. Uh -huh. So it's like, she's the only one out of that cast really who, who went on to any sort of real, real star status. And, but everyone in that movie could have just been some random kid off the street that they found. And it's very like, you know, almost like I said, almost documentary feel to it. And this film has a similar way, but thrown into that neon blender of, of floor of, of South Florida and that whole world. And then with all like that, like montage style filmmaking, everything, it, it very much sets the table where their legs are up on the wall and they're just yeah. hanging out with everything. each other. It just felt so <laughs> intimate and personal and real and, like yep. I wouldn't know to write that, and it's like that's where you have to work with with the, the actors that are portraying these characters to make it real. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. It, I really felt like if in uh, Reflection of the Golden Eye, Robert Forster is a voyeur. I felt like the voyeur in this movie. Oh, very know? much so. Yeah, yeah. and it's and it's yeah. almost like and and like I was saying about how it felt like until until the very almost the very end of the movie probably until the last 10 minutes it still had that sort of documentary feel to it and it wasn't until that very i don't want to say hollywood ending but very obviously you know uh, uh set up ending for the film 
that you didn't get that switch kind of thrown and you're like, oh, wait, no, this is just a regular movie. I mean, for me, just watching it, this movie was not anything to what I had thought of it was going to be. Uh, and I went back, I actually went back and found the trailer for it after I watched the movie because I was really curious to see how they marketed this in the trailer. Um, and I, and again, and watching the trailer after it, I still don't know necessarily that it really treats it with the manner in which the movie actually, mm-hmm. you know, becomes, or at least it appears to me and how I, how I viewed it. You so. know, the, the, this movie also reminded me a little of another movie I really love that is probably more substantial in the story, but also has a style that's undeniable. You ever watch Belly, Hype Williams movie, Belly? I haven't seen it, no. Anybody? No? I haven't seen it. Watch that movie. That's That would actually be, the if this was a double bill, it would be Spring Breakers and Belly. Okay. Um that movie is with DMX and Nas and Method Man. And it's yeah. so incredible to watch uh, just right out the gate. And in fact, there's a Harmony Corinne reference in the like second scene in the movie. Oh, these guys are watching. A, a, I think it's Gummo or something, which I haven't yeah. seen. But um, check that movie out. That's that's right. maybe we'll, maybe we'll do that next. Um, next so it's funny. Emma, Emma Roberts was cast in this movie. Uh, as the Ashley Benson character. Uh, apparently, once she realized that uh, her character was supposed to indulge in a three-way sex scene, uh, she suddenly dropped out of the film due to unspecified creative differences. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, that, that tells you that they probably did. They had a very loose script, you know. She would have seen yeah. that if she read the script right off the bat. So, yeah. Um, Selena Gomez did not know how to smoke and had never done so before. So she had to learn how to smoke for her character in the movie. <laughs> That's funny. She's kind of funny. Tarantino said that this was his favorite film of 2013. Of course it was. <laughs> I knew that. Would, I knew that Followed would get his template, so. <laughs> And uh, it's interesting. This is considered by the BBC as the 74th best film on a list of the 21st century's greatest films so far. I like to see their list. I'm sure it's, I'm sure you can find it. Um, but yeah, I, I, uh, this was a really interesting movie. I, I actually feel similarly watching this movie. I don't get the same back from it, but I felt similarly watching this movie and I didn't think about it until Hassan brought it up. But uh, as I do watching sucker punch, Mm. there are a lot of uh things in both films that are that are a little off-putting um sucker punch there's a lot more sort of because it's Zack snyder there's a lot more visual shit going on that that distracts you from some of this more some of the seriousness of the things that that he's throwing out there as well but um this is a much smaller much tighter movie and like I said, it's, you know, I mean, if you pull out all of this montage B-roll style stuff, honestly, how long is this movie? Yeah. 40 no, minutes, 40, 50 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's that's very the- Snyder-esque in his slow motion and in, indulgence. That whole in ending. Slow motion. Yeah. Whole, I yeah. mean, but the whole movie really of everybody just like yeah, every the, five the, minutes, a lot scene of, of everyone's and undulating stuff, yeah. and yeah, in slow motion, which is, you know, which is borderline uh, Zack Snyder. Yeah. Bill. 
<laughs> Bill. But uh, yeah, this was this was not what I expected. Um, but uh, I, I definitely am glad that I watched it because I, by the same token, I probably never would have watched this movie in a million years because I never realized what it actually was. I thought it was just some silly teen, you know, teen rom-com thing and you know four girls spring break whatever and never would have considered it so it's and this is you know i I would love to have seen faces coming out of this movie when this you know when this movie was released and people going in who i thought oh sure i'm sure thought it was going to be like that and you know we're just given an entirely different film so but i think that was part of what i think I don't know Harmony Corinne or what his his point is, but maybe that was him being subversive, you know, like maybe you think it's going to be a, a high school kind of a modern John Hughes film or something, but nope. Nope. <laughs> you know, it's, another, nope. it's a spectacle, really. It, it's yeah. It, I, I think the best description of it is that it's a mon. It feels like a montage. There's a, a there's of, another once in a while that, a scene happens. You know, there's another movie that came out the same year called Project X which is basically mm. about these kids decide mm. to throw a party. Dude, that's and, a good movie. That's a, that's a very well done movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I remember that. it. I remember it's another one of those. Subversive. I remember watching it and just thinking, what is the fucking point of this? Uh, I mm. just, I remember watching it and just being, I, I remember being very disappointed in that film. It felt like a lot. I don't know. A lot of effort was put into that film and, I don't know. I just, I bought it. I, I bought that party. I bought it. So I, I like the movie because of that. Okay. I mean, that's, that's fair enough. I'm just saying it just, the two films kind of remind me of each other in a, in a, yeah, in a way, do. in a manner of a lot you know, more of a story in, in, uh, in project X, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's very, it's a very straightforward a to B, but yeah. I mean, it's, you know, they, they're just telling the story of the party that goes out, you know, these guys decide to have a party and it just goes out of fucking control. Yeah. So, but, you know, and there, there's a fun aspect to that idea, but, you know, it's just, I, I thought that, I thought that that movie could have been over 40, 45 minutes into it. And I just sure. felt that there's so much spread out that I was just like, come on already. Sure. It's like they kept just like, I'm watching it. I remember watching it on an airplane and I was watching it on my, uh, it wasn't a portable DVD player, probably on my laptop. And I just remember thinking there was this woman sitting next to me and they kept, they kept going to these like giant close-ups of, of, of naked women's boobs as they, in the party scene and the party sequences, because there's a lot of nudity in that movie. Oh yeah, for sure. And I'm just keep, and I just kept like leaning into the outside of the plane and sort of like angling my laptop, hoping she was not looking over. I'm just like, is this guy watching, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Filthy man. <laughs> But uh, so that's Spring Breakers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Badges. <laughs> just <laughs> all I can think of. Like Badges. Badges. <laughs> I really need to watch that. Don't need no stinking badges. <laughs> no, no, goddamn stinking badges. Stinking badges. It's such a slow. It's like such a. You know, some some movies when you see them or it's a. a, a you know, when you live around artistic people for a long time, you hear things long before you ever get to see them for the first time. Oh, yeah. You know, so, you know, I knew about that. And then also that became like a pop culture 
go to, especially in the late, uh, you know, late eighties, early nineties. Like just so bad is we don't need those dinky. So I remember watching that film and not really registering that I'm watching the, you know, Treasure of Sierra Madre where this came from. So when that moment just came up, it came and went so fast, and it was so, it was so unassuming. It so it so did not under it did not realize it was you know carving a place for itself in Pantheon. You know that it just. It came and went so fast. You were like, "Wait, is that where that comes from? <laughs> this, right. is, this is this the movie? You know." And it's, and by then, by the time you realize it, it's not, gone. Not it's only that, gone. but Latham and I have had this discussion before. You know, and we're all about the same within five or six years of the same age. And you know, we came up in a world of digital sampling in music, and there was a time mm-hmm. a lot. You know, in the, especially in the mid to late in the 80s and early 90s, and especially in alternative music, where a lot of these electronic acts were all using samples from films, you know, mm-hmm. these lines from obscure films or even well-known films. And there's stuff that that decades later, you know, I'll see a movie and I'll hear a line spoken in the movie and I instantly just go, wait, what? What did he what? What was that? What did you say? <laughs> and I and it's I finally figure out where the line came from. And it's part of this yeah. song that I've been listening to for 30 years. Yep. And, yep. and it's like one of the most amazing ones still to me is there's a, there was a Belgian EDM band called front two, four, two. And oh, yeah. there's a, there was a piece and and they were big for on using on, on using stuff from American films. And they, there's a quote in one of their move or in one of their songs called master blaster or not master blaster. <laughs> but, uh, it was anyway, the, the, you know, there's a quote that says, you know me, I sure know you, every one of you. And it's like a guy speaking to a big audience. And I, I never knew what it was from. I knew it was clearly from something. I had no idea. Right. Years later, I'm watching Videodrome. Mm. <laughs> and the line gets said, and I'm just like, holy shit, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and when I yeah. finally saw, when I finally saw um, the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know, for, you know, you, you go back to, to Big Audio Dynamite and Medicine Show. Mm. You know, Juan, Regina, Ramirez, I think, known as the rat. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that whole speech is it's right like in the a, middle of the song. It's like a shock of electricity. It's like, oh. Yeah. And you're whoa. just like, oh, that's you where it's from. <laughs> I, lo- I love that shit. I love finding you know, where that stuff is from. The band, uh, and then you then then you end up thinking to yourself, how would I have ever found this? You know, yeah. if I you know if I was interested in looking for it, how would you know how how did anybody know to add this to their? Somebody saw the movie their, and liked know, the line. Music, there you go. Art, yeah. What like? Uh, the band Skinny Puppy has a lot of oh yeah. samples. Uh, a lot of Bugs Bunny stuff. Uh, that and uh, from that cart that cartoon or that anime movie, The Plague Dogs. Uh, oh. They have multiple samples from that, which is that's a rough movie, but uh, it's well, uh, it's a rough it, that that band is is a very acquired taste. That's yeah, no, it's but it's cool. It's and like you said, you just hear the lines over and over when you're listening to their stuff, and then one day you find out where it was where it was from. I, I, I saw I, I them was... live, but my, my best friend Mike Houston, that's one of his favorite bands. He took me to see Skinny Puppy. Oh, that's awesome! Did, I did you enjoy I the show? Sitting in the in the back row, I just couldn't be up front. <laughs> 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 did you enjoy the show I at sat least down i had to sit for that one <laughs> right, but did you like it i loved it actually it, it at first i thought i wouldn't would they, were they were they still doing the big 
were they still doing the big theatrical thing on stage they were with doing him? Some theatrical stuff. And okay. it, was, it was in New York and it was near Times Square, I believe. And it was, it was, it had to be over there. Cause I realized, I think that was the first time I realized I was getting old. And, <laughs> but, but I'm a big fan of like throbbing gristle. Do you like okay. throbbing oh, gosh, gristle? Yeah. Yep. That's a rough band. Yeah. So oh. yeah. I uh, saw them live too. Um, Nice. Before Genesis uh, passed away. Genesis uh, you, you P. Orange. Jim Thurwell had a band called Fetus. Yeah, and, Jim Thurwell. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, Genesis P. Orange, right? And Jim Thurwell. Yeah, he's he, he's a he's a friend of mine, and and uh, my girlfriend Jen, who lives with me now, he's great. Fucking the people he's you great. know, I tell you, oh, I, maybe I, we'll get him on the show. I would love to. Are you kidding me, Jim Thurwell? Man, I yeah, I man. have been. I was I was a fan of his way back when that Fetus stuff was coming out. Really? Oh, okay. Well, then I'll try to see if you'll talk about movies on your podcast. Oh you know? my god, so, that would be that would be freaking amazing. Yeah, he's awesome. He's yeah. Awesome. So, um, <laughs> so that that week you could guarantee Steve would watch a lot. Of <laughs> <There you go. laughs> His consumption would be quite large at that point. <laughs> That's right. No, but 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 my my girlfriend Jen was even now. That was her last apartment. Was in was a JG portioned off a part of his apartment in Dumbo. And that's where Jen was living for uh, a few years, you know. Oh wow! Okay. So I'd see him all the time, and he's the nicest guy. And we Jen would go s- to see shows, and she's friends with a band called the Melvins. Yep. Oh, and, I know the Melvins. Melvins. And anyway, so not not <laughs> totally my kind of music, but I enjoy it. <laughs> so. Yeah, I never got into the Melvins myself personally, but uh, but but Thoroughwell. Great live show though. Thoroughwell and his experimentational stuff from the back from the eighties and nineties band. Holy crap! But even his current stuff because he started to score horror films. You know, you look him yes. up. Yes, yeah. Done some horror films. He does some ambient. Anyway, he he's fantastic. So I'll try to get him on your show, dude. That would be that would be very cool. That would be uh, very <laughs> very very exciting. So absolutely. But uh, but uh, well, Dean, thank you very much once again for uh, for appearing and and bringing two. Uh, very interesting films uh, to our attention. Uh, I uh, I enjoyed both of them. Uh, I cannot speak for my partners here in crime, but uh, they were interesting. No, I did not enjoy them. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you not going to deny them, that they were. Nathan interesting. did not enjoy them, but I'm uh, glad I saw them. I did not enjoy them. <laughs> I appreciate the cinema knowledge. That's my line of consolation, and, Latham. Well, you got to get your own. And, and the fact that Latham will never have to watch either film again. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's what was chosen on my other podcast. Some idiot chose the exact same two movies. I got to watch them again before Saturday. Yeah. Oh, so anywho, Dean, thank you. Always thank a you pleasure to have you um thank you very much uh we'll uh we'll He's talk in the soon three club right we don't have many three club people uh no the dean is uh right behind james as yeah, far but... as uh appearances yeah well I, i'd love to do it again you know soon sure sooner than later and get yeah, more but... get more of my friends on your show because it's fun to listen to you guys talk movies they yeah, really man. help me on those nights where i don't want to draw <laughs> I don't want to be responsible for that. Jesus, don't tell me that. No, no, yeah. no, you help me draw when I don't. Oh, oh, no, okay, he's just okay. listening uh, to us. Yeah. Something to, draw. to listen to. That's right. <laughs> listen to us complain. Right. Fuck this yeah, movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, fuck. 
How dare you subject yeah, me to this? Wait till stuff. Whitney shows come up, and you'll have a you'll have a treat uh, to, to wait yeah. for you. <laughs> Oh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> uh, somehow I'm the voice of reason. I don't know how that happened, but uh, <laughs> fucking movie. My eyes, my <laughs> eyes. Uh, so, uh, thanks to Fesley and Music. Please check out our website at sentimentalpod.com for all of the poster images we normally discuss on our down the tube segments and don't forget to download and subscribe to sentimental wherever you enjoy your podcasts you can always listen to new episodes at sentimentalpod.com also you can follow us on all major social media accounts at sentimentalpod for Hassan godwin latham conger the third dean haspiel and myself we say thank you so much for listening and as always in the words of our friend and stunned teenage wannabe gangster truman burbank good afternoon good evening and good night bingo there we okay. go